I hit him in the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. No, but uh, yeah, Eartha Kitt as uh, the Wicked Witch, Mickey Rooney as the wizard for the 1998 recording of Wizard of Oz. And yes, Eartha Kitt rolls her R's at one point because I'm listening to this. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And then she did the R roll and I'm just like, <laughs> I just giggled. <laughs> I go, go, I'm like, that's awesome. Look at it. Look at there's even art on the CD. And I don't know what live production this was from where at some point, but uh oh hey, this folds out. Does this fold out? Oh, it folds out. Look at that. Okay. Does it it's got all the so, lyrics of that many credits or just a whole bunch more pictures? Uh no, it gives it it talks about it gives some uh background, oh, really good. small liner notes about uh yeah. It's a description of the film, of the play, actually. Oh, okay. And, and the stuff in it. And then, oh, the history of Wizard of Oz. Wow. I haven't cool. even opened this. And then, yeah, uh, this is really freaking cool. Uh, Dorothy Gale is played by Jessica Grove. Toto is a dog named Plenty. That's lovely. Okay. Annie M., Judith McCauley, Bob Dorian. Uh, yeah, Eartha Kitten and Mickey Rooney. Oh, my Lord. That name sounds familiar. Bob Dorian. Yeah, Mickey Rudy also plays the guard. And since this is audio, that will throw you off. I'm sure. Because uh, <laughs> I'm sure he changed his voice. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You know, he didn't change his Bob voice. Dorian, the guy from AMC. I'm guessing. Wow. Yeah. It would be. It also says movie actor. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, it's, it's, interesting it's it's really interesting but yeah eartha kit that's why i got it. I, i'm a big eartha kit fan so uh yeah so that that i was impressed that i couldn't i i found that but anyway how you folks doing i'm fine yeah. how you doing <laughs> I'm, don i'm still catching up on sleep mm. <laughs> that, that, yeah that it's kicked in pretty quick last night. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I did all right. I did do much movie things when I got home. Uh, I think I just, I just chilled, and then, uh, uh, yeah, and then today I played a lot of Fortnite. <laughs> I as much as oh no, I did watch Pot Zombies last night. So I did That's watch. Right. I watched Pot Zombies last night because I wanted to get my 31 Days of Horror in. Hadn't watched one for Sunday. So uh, I watched Pot Zombies, and it had Troma name. It was distributed by Troma. Go figure. So, of course, there's an Uncle Lloydy part written in. That man, I, I love I love Lloyd Kaufman because whatever film he buys or whatever it distributes, usually they do some kind of pickup or something so they can work him <laughs> into the film. 
the way you described it, it almost sounded like redneck zombies just taking out the moonshine it, and putting in marijuana. It was like it was like an urban, yeah, redneck zombies almost. I mean, they they were painted green, uh, but they did. And again, this was the pot zombies. This is from like two thousand five or four. So the way they did the glowing green eyes, you could tell someone was was on a a, a chroma key. You know, on a chroma, they were on a switchboard mm-hmm. and created the glowing eyes, and then they oh, moved God. them. With <laughs> the so it wasn't; they weren't always quite even or whatnot. And then they painted them themselves green. Yeah. Uh, and then there was green vomit, and there was a lot of gore. Actually, there was practical gore effects. So I mean, that's the thing. As as cheesy as it was, it was only sixty eight minutes long. So yay! And so the gimmick doesn't overstay its welcome. And there was actually some effort put into it. So, you know, I always give respect to indie films like that. That Even if they aren't great, if you can tell they've actually tried to make something, I give them props. And this is back in 2000, what, whatever. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're shooting with handy cams here. You're not shooting on your phone yet. This is still DV tape and shit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think that was 2005. Pot zombies, boy. The FBI is going to love my search history. Yeah, two thousand five. <laughs> they made a sequel too. I'm going to have to watch that because I'm a completionist. So, amongst other know, things, amongst other things. So, okay. Now enough of my bullshitting. Thank you, everyone, for the spoiler room. This is a special edition. We're 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 taking a break from our he's not Loki month which uh, I hope everybody's been enjoying. It's been very interesting so far uh, tonight because I have a few crew members who happened to be with me this past weekend. You've heard me talk about it. The Sawdust City Fright Fest in beautiful downtown Oshkosh, Wisconsin at the historic Time Community Theater. Uh, the Sawdust City Fright Fest happened this past weekend. We did a Friday night kickoff and Saturday full of indie films. And tonight, my crew members with me to talk about the films that we saw, which ones we kind of enjoyed the most, is none other than first the diva of the spoiler room. She's back with us. It is the none other than Dawn. Hello, Dawn. How are you? Tired, but good. <laughs> Very good. It, it was a full weekend. It was a, definitely a full weekend. And I and, wasn't uh, doing nearly the amount of running around and schmoozing that you were. All my work is behind the scenes. <laughs> you you are the behind the scenes, and then she puts the ham out on the table for uh, uh, others, uh, for the ham to be out there, and the ham being me, uh, or pork butt, whatever you want to call me. I don't care. <laughs> but it's also ham. Uh, <laughs> another person with us tonight, it, you've heard his dulcet tones before. He's back with us as well. Doctavius is with us. Doc, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Still, I, I thought I wasn't busy until I remembered what day it was and how Uh-oh. soon I had till other shows, and then I realized that I'm I'm always busy. <laughs> you are. Yeah. I've been doing a lot. I I do nothing, so I don't know how that is. You do all the things. You, just, <laughs> you do all the things involving putting them on the internet. I just do things that are more in person, I suppose. That eventually will potentially show up. Probably on be on the internet. Hopefully, on good in good ways. <laughs> Whether you want them on the internet or not. Well, we did the full season of Shakes, uh, March to October. So that just finished last week. I we did we participated in a show for the Milwaukee Fringe Festival. I was I did uh, behind the scenes footage recording for a fan film 
end of July. So end of July, so that and that, and then the fringe. And then we had our normal show. We had the fringe festival. Was the end of that? It was a very busy July into August, and it just kind of slowly, <laughs> gently faded a little bit for September. And now I'm kind of in the middle of that. Oh right, yeah, we decided two weeks after the other show we're going to do another show, so, <laughs> which I'll talk about more later, I'm sure. But just yeah, it's like oh. And that damn right, Mark I asked, can't, I still can't do the things. <laughs> that, that damn Mark asked me to be on his show. What the hell? I just my only night free. No, just no, it's not. But thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, folks, Sodus Finity Fright Fest. Uh, time give you a little background if you are not familiar with our coverage. We've done a few of these episodes in the past where we talk about the films we saw at the Indie Horror Fest. Outside of one year over the past, I would say twelve years. There's only been one year I don't think uh, there was an indie fest at the time community theater in some form or other. Uh, Even during the pandemic, we did Bloody Bites in which there was a short collection of curated shorts that they did. And then the first year of the Sawdust City Fright Fest was a curated film festival that we did. And then uh, last year was the first one where we took new submissions and this year was the same. And yeah, we are part of uh, it in one form or another. Doc is usually documenting. Uh, and that's not why he's called Doc. It's called the Doctor Who. Follow. Keep up, folks. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't followed the show before, sorry about that. But in any case, yes, it's a fun weekend. I I love it. Uh, I've been emceeing it for the last uh, couple of years now. And the, the new Horror Fest, I guess I did a couple of times as well. Uh, or one time. Um, so yeah, we're all involved in part of it, but uh, we also watch the films, not only at the fest, but the selection, uh, but we do, uh, it, it involves selecting the films, and we selected a, an interesting collection this year, I think. Uh, Doc, uh, are you on the committee? I forget if you are or not. No, all the time. no you're not. So no, I, you I got... Think, I think I was briefly part for the the new horror fest and then i just ah, didn't have time to participate right because you're you're too busy uh being on stage and being another shakespeare yes so, no he's, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with puppets well and Burle- sometimes not always and Bur- yeah. burly shows and other things so yeah not so much uh, that anymore but yeah no, just but timing you're, you're a theatrical guy which is very I guess. Cool. yeah mad, <laughs> mad props there for sure mad props uh so so you get so i'll be interested to see your view on it because don and i this is probably the second or third time we've watched these films right. uh by the time they 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 were selected and, and hit the big screen but this will be you know you you got to experience them for the first time so i'll be interested to see what apart from one of them apart from one of them ooh, because we saw it at twisted dreams last year oh that's right yeah uh which one the uh headmistress, headmistress. the key oh Oh, key for was, death. Oh yeah, the key, the key for death. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. It started up, and I'm like, why do I? Why does this look familiar? And then they turn to the house, and I'm like, I know that house. <laughs> I don't know why that did it, but all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I know what's going on now. But I like actually, I think it's the third fest I've seen Key of Death in. <laughs> oh yeah, been making the rounds for for a couple of years now, but. Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, Dawn has put it put in a lot of, as she says, behind the scenes work. Uh, she helps put together the program and the agenda and the schedule. She does a lot of hard work for it. Uh, and I'm glad you were able to make it tonight, Dawn. So, so yeah, enough of me babbling. Uh, Friday night, 
we kicked it off with a short called The Beast. And then we dove right into, because it was Friday the 13th, the time always shows a Friday the 13th film on Friday the 13th. So we kind of paired that with the Sawdust City Fright Fest. It's a Friday the 13th part two, which a lot of people, it's their favorite. Um, I'm more partial to three. But I'm actually, my favorite is X. I know, blasphemy. <laughs> no, that's a really good one. It I, is. I, I, it really I expected is. very little out of that film when, when we watched, when me and my friends watched, I and my, whatever, years ago <laughs> when it came out and it got rented as a whim. And we're like, that was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be fun. That was, it was definitely, it was definitely more, uh, yeah, when Jason uh, X came out. You didn't know it, it was it was hilarious watching Jason X and you're just like, what? What? Wait, they captured Jason? Wait, what? Wait. Military's involved? What? what is going on? But I loved that idea. I love that idea. I'm like, this is them trying something different with a slasher because it's the 10th film of a slasher franchise. And that means you go to space. Yeah. And, and then you go to space. Hellraiser did it. Leprechaun, Leprechaun did it. Did it. Uh, uh, Mike Myers hasn't yet. Nora has Chucky. So you two are behind. You guys are behind. <laughs> I mean, Fast and Furious even went to space. Okay, they went to space. So uh, Chucky and Mike, you, you better you better get to space, which might happen because Miramax just bought the rights to to uh, Halloween. So we'll see uh, what happens. Everybody said it was a twenty four, but that was misleading. It was actually Miramax. Miramax bought both the TV time. rights and apparently they have the film rights too, though they're that's still a bit up in the air. But I digress. So the beast, though, what did you think of it, Doc? It did. Uh, it, it's uh, French, right? Yes, from France. Yeah, that was a French film about yeah. a kid taking on a hunt. Yes. No, I just was trying to make okay. sure I had the correct country of origin because mm -hmm. it. it I think as I, I leaned over and, and said something to you, it 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 caught me in some familiar, weird, some familiar ways. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother's family is primarily, um, it's the right word, rural country, whatever you want to say. It's, <laughs> they're, they're they're hunters, but you know, a lot of them are hunters. So that kind of disconnect between myself and I go visit my my relatives, and it's like here we got the bear we caught and everything, and here's this head. And we saw. <laughs> having that moving into, you know, kind of trespassing into that world. So if that's the right term, and yeah. then I have a nephew that's about that age. Mm. So kind of both seeing it through me and kind of connecting through my nephew's eyes as a child and going, okay, you're surrounded by all these things that are certainly very different. And then just expected to understand because it's yeah. normal for them. And in, in going in a very different direction where it's like, you know, it, it explains the movie explains itself without breaking it down, not, you know, bolt by bolt and bit by bit to go high, just so you make sure you understand. It's just all the clues are there to kind of piece together an ending where you're like, Ooh, yeah, it, does, it doesn't weird. hold your hand. It doesn't hold your hand. Not either. at all. Not no. at all. And that's part of why I liked that one, especially because yeah. I felt, like I said, I felt connected to it and it didn't, it told me a story without having to make sure I understood the whole thing. Because yeah, the story, folks, is a young boy observes his brother going on a boar hunt. Cousin. And they, cousin. Uh, cousin, excuse me. Cousin. They go on a boar hunt and they get the boar and then they do this ritual, it appears. 
And then uh, the boy's dog disappears. He goes out in a cornfield to find the dog and comes across the beast that everybody's been talking about. But there's a bit of a twist to the beast, uh, which I'm not going to spoil here, even though we're the spoiler room. Uh, and yeah. Uh, Don, what about you? What made you uh, vote for this one? So I was just really impressed with the performance of the two boys because the the movie really was about the young boy and his older cousin who ends up being his mentor and it was a um it was a test for both of them mm-hmm. and i i was just hugely impressed that they acted so convincingly mm-hmm. without being overly I had the right word and now it's gone. No, it's um, okay. Without being overly whiny mm. or yeah. overacting, over William Shatnering, you know what I mean? <laughs> they were babadooking it with the kid. Yeah, they can. They were very. They were both very convincing and very good at the tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tension was good, and I just like the fact of how it didn't hold your hand, but through visuals, you can piece together most part what's going on, um, especially as you get into it. And I'm going to say right now, the kid going into the cornfield brought on childhood anxiety because I got lost in a cornfield once, and that is very easy to do. <laughs> People might think, oh, you just follow the row of court. No, fuck that. Fuck you. No. No offense to anyone, but fuck that. You may think you're following a corn row. Okay. But corn rows aren't straight. If you ever actually seen a field from the top, and if you take a step to the left or the right, yeah, no, screw that. So when the kid goes into the cornfield, I got some childhood flash. <laughs> So both you and I were both having some weird connections to this one. Well, my family was hunters too. So that's why I was in the cornfield uh, and I got out. Eventually I got out, but where I came out in the cornfield was not where I started. And I thought I went back the same way I came. Uh, But, you know, that's Midwest living folks. See, you get to miss out that experience. Right? (laughs) Don, you ever get lost in a cornfield? I've never been lost in a cornfield. Oh. Um, I used to wander around my aunt and uncle's, uh, I don't even remember how many acres of of land they had, Mm -hmm. but we used to wander around that all the time. But, you know, you're young, you're you're healthy, you exercise, you're going to hit a road at some point. Yeah. (laughs) You you know, if you're going to walk straight at some point, you're it doesn't even to... matter if you walk straight because there's roads oh, on every. Yeah. There's either a, there's a stream on one side and there's roads on the other three. You're gonna hit a road okay. somewhere. Oh, so well, you lucked out that that you had roads. Uh, the mm-hmm. only other time I ever got kind of lost was we were in the woods with uh, our mutual friend Jim and uh, my stepfather's uh, granddaughter and her friend. We were out in the woods and we were following train tracks, which is just fine over at Days Falls Park up in the Northwoods in Wisconsin. And then one of us had the bright idea to go into the woods because the parking lot's just got to be right over there. 
two hours later. They're honking the horn so that we could follow the horn to get there. At one point, there's this ledge with moss in it, and I was going down to try to find a safe spot. And as I hit it, my I go, oh, I think this is this may be a good way down. My feet slid, and I grabbed onto a branch. Otherwise, I would have fell about eight feet. And I go, do not come this way. Uh, <laughs> so it was an adventure. So, yeah, the beast, let's just say, brought back some childhood memories. Uh, that, But it was yeah. well-crafted. Yeah, the child peril definitely hits you different in that one. Get it a does. good different, a good different though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more relatable. I, it, it was more relatable, and I don't think the kids' actions. And again, we're going to try not to spoil too many of these, but I don't think the kids' actions were out of character, nor did they feel like played up. You know, right. the the way they set it up and the the culture that this boy has grown up in. Um his reaction and what he did I thought was actually felt very natural. Um, you know, it didn't feel overly played. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the ending. Yeah. The ending has everybody scratching their head going, huh? they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and then, and it was great because Friday night they, they did a free showing. So we had a huge, a very large crowd who were there to see, Friday the 13th part two. So you had a number of people who have not been exposed to indie films before. And it was great hearing the collective chatter as that film ended. <laughs> I was impressed um, because it was a subtitled film. I was impressed at how quiet people were during oh, yeah. the film. Much, mm-hmm. much quieter than they were during Friday the 13th. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I think though, part of that too, though, and you, you, you get that when you do the second run films, you do get more noise during most uh, during a lot of second run films, uh, because a lot of people who are there have seen it already. Um, (laughs) and certain types of movies invite a certain level of, so I was glad that it never, it never got into that. The audience is just here to play with the, yeah, at the movie. It was just kind of in between. You just, yeah, okay. Oh, that's the part where this is about to happen. Oh, just watch this, watch the, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt more like that. At, at least in the front, it felt more like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Friday, Friday the 13th part two again is, is the one where we first get Jason and watching it again. I'm like, okay. I'm like, this is, I, I like three back. <laughs> I just I'm a sucker for three. I don't know why, but maybe that was because that was actually my first one. Uh was sure. three. I saw three before I saw the others, actually, because they played three, I think, on cable a lot. And plus it had the hockey mask. So that's you know, yeah. You know, and, and so three is where the he gets it, uh, hockey mask. And then five is is it five where he becomes zombie Jason? No, that's six. That's five six. Is, five is, is the one with like the spirit of Jason. The spirit whatever. of Jason. That's right. And he, then he yeah. dies at the end of four. Five is the one with no Jason. Six is the right. one where you get that's Arnold Horshack, uh, you know, digging him out of the grave, and then the lightning that's hits right. him. And he the lightning hits. Him, does yeah. the zombie sit up? And... Yeah, that's right. And then then we get zombie Jason from there on. Yeah. So, which leads to to my other favorite uh, Jason film besides while well, I do really enjoy three if i had to rate them it'd be jason x jason seven and then three and i like seven uh for many reasons but 
So that was a fun Friday. It was cool seeing Friday the 13th Part 2 with a big crowd. If you ever want to know why theatrical experiences are important, <laughs> that was one of them. It was great hearing some of the reactions. <laughs> and, and we got even more reactions on the next day. So uh, rather than going through each one of them, though there are a lot of good ones, uh, let's go with one of our favorites. Don, what was one of your favorites from the main day of the fest? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> well, I'm happy to talk about Real Cool Time. There you go. You, so you, were, cool you, really, you really gravitated towards that. I really did. It was one of the first films submitted... I was very, very excited about it because back in, whew, I think it was uh, in 2020, we had a film submitted to the festival called Morbid Colors. Um, FYI, Morbid Colors is available on Prime. It is set in the same universe with the same characters, but I digress. So we had this film submitted and I saw it was the same filmmaker and uh, it had the same style. So I was really excited to see it, especially, well, I was really excited to see it. <laughs> so um, the film is about a, a musician who is, hmm, she's, she's in hiding right now, I guess. And there is a very tenacious journalist uh, who is apparently a longtime friend of hers hunting her down to do an interview mm -hmm. and um, tracks her down and turns out that the journalist wants to interview her about an incident that specifically happened in France where Devin, I think, is the character's name. Yep. Um, attacked another musician, um, maiming her. And they, uh, this reporter really wants to know the why. And apparently, the, the Devin keeps blacking out and doesn't know, doesn't remember doing it, and doesn't know what. Well, she knows why, but. Um, turns out that uh, spoiler alert. We're in the spoiler room. Totally going to spoil it because Morbid Colors. She's a vampire. Mm -hmm. Not only just a vampire, she is possessed by a vampire. So what is it about this world or whatnot that uh, draws you to it? Because you, you really connected with Morbid Colors and you connected with this one. I think, well, number one, it all, it takes place in the Midwest. So... Mm -hmm both films take place in the midwest one of them travels a little bit more than the other but i believe uh this one is someplace in a decent sized city indiana but it has that very familiar midwest not down home but it it has that midwest flavor like like you're going to milwaukee um Milwaukee is a is a bigger city for the Midwest, um, but it's not. I mean, even Chicago doesn't have the same Midwest feel. 
<laughs> not quite no it's definitely no. chicago has more of a new york feel than yeah so it, i i love that the, the the colors the way he the setting that they used uh a, a nice-ish apartment but still very relatable any and it these are people I could know and hang out with very easily. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, no, it's good. Uh, I could tell some people at the fest weren't quite sure what to make of it. <laughs> uh, it was well done, short, but Doc, what would you think of this one? I, I thought it false finished a couple of times. Ah. Uh. It, it, to a point where I, I, it didn't feel like it was continuing to build. It felt like it was just continuing, but that's just me. <laughs> well, and you got to, you got to leave. You got to get out of here. Okay, here's this opportunity to leave. Now I can't leave, and it just felt like it was resetting the mm -hmm. same setup. Then it was just mm -hmm. a couple minutes of banter, and then it didn't feel like it was progressing. It felt like it already gotten to that point and should have moved. But that was. Also, it being the last of the second block of shorts, mm -hmm. I'm more likely at that point to kick into timing. Whereas <laughs> like some of the earlier ones, I'm like, if that ran about two minutes too long, oh, that's no big deal. Or it's just, you know, by that point, it's like, I've seen a few of these already. Why, why is this one still going? So <laughs> I liked the setup and the premise, and I liked a lot of the same things that Don just mentioned. It felt mm -hmm. familiar. It, it felt like a place that I had been in. And probably right. have been in to some degree, but sure, it's just it was like, okay, come on, come on, mm. let's just we know where we're going, let's just get there, please. <laughs> <laughs> Can we because then it progressed, and I'm like, cool, and then it felt like it again, it stepped back a little till about like, well, where are we going in a different direction then? Did I misread something? And it just felt like it built back to where it had been rather than pulling the trigger and moving on. Welcome to Monday Night Fights, folks. This is where Don and Doc are going to fight now. <laughs> so, uh, the gloves are off, and so now we're just going to let them... No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can absolutely see... I can absolutely see that. And that is a perfectly justified... Mm -hmm. yeah. That is it, a perfectly justified view. It, it was definitely a, a competently made short. It was, yes. it was interesting. The characters and the acting were really well done. Um, I'm kind of in the middle and I'm not just doing that just to play, you know, play both. Uh, but <laughs> I enjoy the ending. I enjoy the fact that it's in that same world as morbid colors. Um, and it, at least it keeps that same character that is in morbid colors, that same feel, that same tone, that same atmosphere. They manage to carry that over, which is sometimes hard to do, especially when you're doing like a little spinoff uh film that's in the same world so i really liked and appreciated that i would have liked it to be a little bit shorter but again that was just what well, kind of like what you were saying doc um the false endings i get the motivation for the reporter doing what she would did there was one too many of those moments i like the first couple moments where she's got to stay to get the story but there was just a one or two other is like, yeah, maybe drop one of those for me personally. And that's it, just my personal choice. Um, but I like I like the story overall and and the idea that it's set in the music world, something you don't get a lot of. 
where a movie like this, especially kind of with vampires, you don't get that. Usually music world involves demons. Um, (laughs) Usually, usually music involves demons or werewolves or, you know, demonic werewolves or whatever you want. Possessed, possessed records, you know, play the record backwards. There you go. Uh, So, yeah, I like that it's set in the music world. I always like films that try to do a different setting so uh, so amusingly i asked i had talked to ray about this uh, ray sidman about this and he actually liked the short more than he liked morbid colors the feature oh film. okay so I yeah i could see that well it, it's handled I, I mean morbid colors and this both are kind of approached in similar styles um it's uh, vampire films are always interesting because usually you get either uh you kind of get like three different kinds of vampire films you get films like lost boys which a lot of people just love it's showing at the theater wednesday night i'm probably going to go on the mega screen <laughs> here in town lost boys um which is kind of a tongue-in-cheek type of thing or fright night to where it has serious vampire elements but it's got a lot of comedy worked in and whatnot but you know, they, they've got a lot of cool makeup effects in that. And then there are ones that are just, it's just straight vampires, like John Carpenter's vampires, like literally, you know, James Woods fighting vampires. They're vampires. They're, that's all they, that's all you know really about them. They're vampires. There's a queen, got to kill them. Okay, cool. You know, or from dusk till dawn, boom, no real. And then you get films like Morbid Colors, like this one, like uh we're gonna talk about it next week on the spoiler room i haven't watched it yet but i've heard a lot of people talk about it only lovers left alive uh you know uh uh byzantium i think the film was called there's there's vampire films to where it's showing more of the life of the vampire (laughs) it's not it's not like a straight like all the vampires are out to kill people it's showing how they're just trying to live their life with vampirism <laughs> or you know it, they're on life if you will right so they're not so much like a straight horror film so much as horror elements within say a drama of sorts um so there, there's always that kind of vampire i won't say quite romantical but that kind of vein of of <laughs> vein, vein. <laughs> <laughs> kiss of the damned is one that has stuck with me for quite some time um that was a modern vampire film kind of told in more of an old school Italian way, a uh, horror way. So that one's pretty cool, but yeah, uh, that, that's a cool one. Doc, what about you? What, what would you say? I'm going to at least, I don't know how many picks, but at least for my first pick, uh, La Nueva, the newcomer from Spain. Ah, you took one of mine, but please tell, tell the fine folks about La Nueva. I love this one. So there's uh, a, the, the newcomer, in this one or or the newbie or however you want to phrase it uh is a apparently a substitute teacher in some sort of well presumably catholic school because there's a nun (laughs) i forgot about that already um and she's assigned to the detention for the really really bad children these these young young boys who are causing all this trouble drove their former teacher away she needed a break so she goes in there and immediately they harass her there's like one good kid that we never find out why he's really there because he stutters right and as he goes to explain it they the other children the other young men are abusive to him and cut him off 
so they you know this young lady comes in they're very mean to her very aggressively sexually she runs out inadvertently bumps into someone who's helping remodel grabs this nasty looking statue it cuts her hand a little bit then the blood disappears and she's possessed by a demon <laughs> and as she goes back in uh, now with confidence she starts wreaking her revenge on their lack of knowledge yes and causing that to uh destroy them physically and every time that happens she gets stronger and the room gets darker and it gets red and things happen so it continues to build but it doesn't just become this moment where it's like we're going one by one and just knocking all the kids off. It, it has a couple of twists and turns. Some of those relationships come back to haunt some of those young men who, who are completely inappropriate. And just, it's it was one of those where I'm like, I am perfectly happy with this story ending the way it does. But if they found a way to, to take it another step, that would be fine too. But this was gory and nasty and a little darkly humorous at times uh, and things like that. So uh, that one, that one held the attention because it did get a tension level where you're like, how are they going to, how is someone ever going to survive what's building here? Yeah. And, and I, I did like the solution too. It was a little unique twist because uh, of our quote unquote hero. Um, and what he what he does to help save one of his classmates, uh, and it comes back, and then it comes back around uh, a bit of karma. Uh, yeah, I this is my favorite too. I I thoroughly enjoyed the story and everything, the way it was handled. Um, yeah, this this was kind of my bag. <laughs> uh, Don, what'd you think of Led Nueva? I liked it. Um... I especially I like the bloody parts. <laughs> I I yeah the the part where uh, as I believe you mentioned Mark, yeah. where the one boy was well he was helping one of his, the stuttering boy was helping one of his classmates and then the that classmate was being impolite. So yeah, the then, rude one yeah yeah so then. He helped him in a different way, and then his head exploded, and it was awesome. His head exploded. It was the and the the person who they got to play um, the substitute teacher. She was great. Yeah, she was great. I gotta see if I can pull her up because the way uh, the, she kept twitching her neck and moving. I'm like, she's. I hope you know she was flexible coming in because otherwise that could be very painful to. Keep twitch, having to move your neck in such ways, and the noise that they had accompanying that was—I think it changed a little bit as it went on. It felt like rubberier as it went. <laughs> well, she does change. She turns more and more yeah. with each kid. Like she's uh, uh, taking their soul of sorts, and she's growing as she's, she's doing it, almost. I, and I liked how the lighting effects, not only did they make things creepier, but it allowed, I think, them to do more effect work mm -hmm. where they could get away with certain effects where they would look better than they might have done under the, just the standard lighting that the room started in. So you could almost see like they had a plan in that regard. Okay, now we can do this because they won't notice, you know. <laughs> 
you know, it, it'll look more realistic in, in a slightly darkened and reddish room. You know, it'll it'll affect well, yeah, be, differently. because the the sun changes as it's coming through. As things go more hellish, suddenly outside the sun seems and the world seems to get a little more hellish, as well f- for the room. And... Well, she shuts the curtains what? just with a look, so it gets darker, and then the red light comes pouring in after that one. So yeah, just there's a progression. You can there, feel the there, progression happening. It is. It is definitely a progression, and uh, yeah, this is this was the one out of all of that. Really, I just had so much fun with. Uh, Amiya uh, Sagasti is uh, the person who plays Maria, who's the substitute teacher. And yeah, I this one is is it's one I could see myself watching just again randomly. You know, it's one of those ones where I, even though I know everything, I watched it, seen it like a second or third time. I yeah, it's it's one of those. It's just a lot of fun. Um, so so you grabbed mine. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna say. I'm going to say another one of mine that favorites. Uh, I do enjoy a key for death. Um, Wisconsin made, not just because it's Wisconsin made. I love a key for death because it is so out there and out of the box for the type of film it actually is. And that there's stop motion animation in it. Uh, the humor in it is it, it's got this dark humor the guy they got playing the plumber basically the story is a plumber folks a plumber is called to a house because of a clogged drain and just before he gets in the house death comes up and asks him to get the key from the is it a crow or raven, raven I, always, I think it is a raven isn't it raven geist yeah, Raven Geist. Yes, oh, yeah, Raven he's a Raven. Geist. His name is Raven Geist. <laughs> he owns the house, and he's literally a Raven. He's an undead Raven. So you've got Death outside asking the plumber to get a key from the undead Raven because there's an interdimensional shield around the house. Now, the reason, one of the reasons the appeal I like this is one, there's effort with the stop motion of the Raven for an indie short like it's fantastic i love the animation and the way it blended in the real world but what i also love is how they set up a lot of it and it's just through these three characters like to say interdimensional key it's literally a wood key that you use to hang your key hooks on but through just a little bit of visual effects and the way they build it up you don't like see a shield around the house they talk about a shield and you buy into it you know i I just loved all the elements, how they just put it together, and you weren't quite sure where it was going to go. You know? At least I didn't think. Don, what would you think of this one? I thought it was great. I loved that. I loved the whole... I love the fact that it turned out to be the, the, the battle between... Ravengeist and Death turned out to be over a bowling match. Yes, yes, because Midwest. Of <laughs> Thank course you for is. saying it, because I had otherwise I would have. <laughs> it's all because I, of a bowling match. They let him put up a ramp and bumpers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that Death threatens the the plumber with Death, and then turns around and says, "Oh wait, no, I didn't really do that." <laughs> I didn't really cut the brakes to your car. The brake lines to your car. Yeah. 
yeah, it's just it's a wonderful combination of just things that uh it you know this one isn't it's not it's not gory it's not like meant to be scary but it is like this horror comedy that is just wonderfully done it's got such a beautiful spirit to it you know the lead actor playing the plumber is great uh the dialogue and it doesn't overstay its welcome you know it's a short so this is something that they could have easily ran longer with the other gimmicks and they didn't it's 12 minutes and it's a perfect runtime for this story i think um and all in one location uh but i was just impressed by the stop motion you know you don't see a lot of that in indie films like this which you can tell was made out of limited budget um and yeah it just it's fun it's a fun one so don uh what about you you got another one um i do um honestly i really like parish oh yeah yeah. which is not my normal thing that one creeped me out a little bit too that was that one was creepy tell folks a little bit about parish so um for parish it is a six minute short film and it is about a woman who is searching for she is uh she has a lifelong illness and she is looking for some help so she goes to a hands-on healer or some such yeah. nonsense mm-hmm. yeah and um it turns out that our faith healing there we go yeah faith and it, it turns out that in order to heal somebody you have to murder some and in order to be healed somebody else must die yeah so people volunteer to be murdered in order to save somebody else yeah it's it's a really interesting story and brings up some interesting perspectives yeah <laughs> uh yeah and it's it's well done all shot in one location indie uh, it was a forty-eight camp. hour film, I think. Yeah, it was one of yeah, the forty-eight yeah, hour the... film fest. Yeah. yeah, winners and and yeah, it's it. I I like it because it hits it checks boxes, it checks all the boxes for what you're looking for in a nice indie short. Um, what did you think of Parish Doc? I I liked it, um, yeah, because you have just that weird element of you know this small gathering of people with a slight, you know, you don't really understand right away that their belief system is a little bit different until you get <laughs> further in. There's a few moments of comedy, but just that there's something that always creeps me out about someone who is perfectly, well, I shouldn't say perfectly, but by most standards is, is healthy mm-hmm. mentally and physically volunteering to be put to death yeah i mean i get it there's a certain christ-like you know moment yeah, yeah, to well, that yeah. definitely you know you know angle to that but just the smiling face sitting kneeling going okay that's fine just prune me i'm ready yeah and just like i have impure thoughts i just rather be done now and i'm like oh okay and then it's not like they have a knife or a mm-hmm. gun or a mach- they're taking it they're whapping somebody to death with a shoe yeah 
And I'm like, wow, that's that's not a one and done. You've got to kind of commit to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, so there's effort involved there. It's it's not a, you know, so that adds kind of to that unease that mm-hmm. this is a very, it's not a momentary action. It's something you have to lean into. And it that last little moment, spoiler, sorry, it shows it didn't work. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Shock. Who would have thought? So it all kind of falls falls down in that moment too, which makes it a little more horrifying, even just mm-hmm. that it's not like there's some weird magical force or your holy spirit or whatever you want to call it. Nope. It's just another wackadoo. Well, and I think part of it's the fear is that there are cults like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what it is, is that you realize, you know, that that there's folks out there that kind of do this sort of thing that's you know? that's what you know one of my was uh one of my buddies said he was watching mark of the devil the other day and i'm like the mm. witch finder movies always just creep me out because as cheesy and as overblown as they might be the basic premise is if i point you out and say you are a witch you're getting tortured and killed that was yeah. it you know there was no you know oh they're gonna get away you know there's some logic to anything and just and that's a very real, unfortunately human thing that happens, mm-hmm. even if it's not, you know, you know, that person is marked and now they must die. Right. Even sometimes it's the, well, that person did something inappropriate and it's hard to figure out if they've moved on and have progressed and have moved past that bad thing that they've done, mm-hmm. because how do you know? Right. So you do, how do you trust someone even just in reality to go, okay, you say you've, you're not going to do this inappropriate thing, not even necessarily like a, a criminal act, just something right. where you go, how do you trust someone again? And that just, <laughs> ooh, that's where it gets deep into my brain. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh. Uh-huh. And, uh, what about you, Doctavius? Did you have another pick? Um sure not it this not and just a brief aside this was one of the more solid years i think just mm-hmm. in general because it seems like there are times where we get through about halfway through and it's like okay here's the the, the weird you know the, the batch i don't care for as much but this one just as a whole was a good year uh, but i would like to talk about hollow from serbia for a moment oh yes because that was one of them where again <laughs> I'm not picking foreign films just to be pretentious. I just really like these. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in about nine minutes, with very little dialogue and subtitles, you build up the, you follow a man who is cl- he's hiding out, apparently in a, a, a par- semi-abandoned house or something that, you know, apparently he, because at the beginning you see him kind of go for a key that's hidden. At least I think that's what that was. But anyway, mm-hmm. so it appears to be some sort of place he's familiar with, some place he felt he could go kind of hide and relax briefly. And there's some guilt, that mm-hmm. he, something he has done to someone he knows, and the image of that guilt in a very Edgar Allan Poe sort of way, <laughs> coming mm-hmm. back in front of his eyes. There was a few, few sh- shorts like this where it was kind of the the guilty actions in someone's brain causing them to suffer more Mm -hmm. so than any monster or other supernatural force, just that guilt. And the last shot 
of the film yeah was edited very well from a it's the moment you need to see and you don't need to see what happens next and it would be you know part of my brain went into like producer mode and it's like that's safest for everyone just stop <laughs> there but just the the expression and and everything i'm like it just it catches your attention and it closes the story well enough yeah. for you and it's like two people there's only two people and there might have been the credits are very limited too if i remember mm -hmm. so there's only a couple of people even working on this and yeah it's another one of those where it just kind of gets gets under your skin yeah it does and uh you know covid when it rolled out uh kind of affected the way indie films are made and I think some of them got inventive by the story that they told because of limited resources, times, or just physical. Yeah, we can't all be in the same place at the same time. <laughs> sort of thing. What'd you think of this one, Don? I really liked it. I, as Doc was explaining, it it tells a lot without saying a lot. Yes. And. There's a lot, there's a ton that's revealed at the end and makes you question what all happened. Was he actually seeking solitude or was he hiding mm -hmm. or seek, seeking sanctuary or was he hiding? And yeah, I just, I thought it was so well done. Yeah, it was. It was it was really well done. It's creepy. You're not quite sure what you're watching at first. And then you start putting it together as it plays out. Um, yeah, it's it's very cool uh, how they put it together and, and keeping it simple, um, but yet effective. So uh, for me and again, folks, uh, we're just picking some of the ones that stood out. As Doc said, I was happy, too, with the lineup we had this year um all of them were were unique in identity and and solid in their own way um you know they're just different types of stories uh one of the ones that i really love is the first one that we started with which is the power of lenora which is an evil doll story with a variation to it uh <laughs> um, I, I just enjoyed the way this was put together. The, the ambition of using a doll as your, your killer uh, for a limited budget, the, the humor involved, the way it's directed and everything, I thought it just was handled just wonderfully. It's just so entertaining. Uh, the doll's creepy. Uh, there's actually a story told here. There's very little dialogue in here uh, with it. It's just one guy and a doll, basically. And he gets this mysterious doll as a present from, he's not quite sure, but supposedly the doll comes alive. And he's like, yeah, right. So he goes, takes a shower. And the doll comes alive. And it's a killer doll. But the poor thing just can't accomplish what it's trying to do <laughs> in a beautiful, humorous fashion. Uh, and then there's a bit of an ending twist, which tells you the whole story. And that's what I love about shorts is how they could tell that they're very lean. They have to be usually so they could tell really the core story from start to finish. And you could put together usually the way it's crafted a good one. Um, 
what everything's going on, even if they don't spell it all out. They don't get into a mythology of the dollar or anything, but by the end of it, you piece together what's actually going on. Doc, what'd you think of this opening short? I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I was sitting next to someone who does not think stalls are creepy uh, by nature. So, <laughs> so Christy was not enjoying it nearly as much. Um, but yeah, I, you kind of get a vibe for where it's going to go. And sometimes with a short, that's not necessarily, you know, we kind of, I kind of got that. Okay. This is going to be a little silly usually. And that, and part of that, I think is because usually the fest starts with a couple of good natured mm-hmm. kind of fun ones and it eases you into what, you know, some of the, and it's not that that's a, a you know, constant necessarily, but it was like, okay, I just from the vibe, even of the first few minutes you go, okay. Or moments you go, okay, this is going to be a little, little more mm-hmm. goofy and like you said then the comedy of all that i may i'm gonna i might sound hypocritical now i'm not sure i may have said mm, we could have snipped about a minute or so of that shower moment because it just kind of just <laughs> after a point like you built yeah. attention let's go let's get to the joke i know where the joke is go oh there's the joke and that's the joke i expected yay but mm-hmm. And if so, if you would have moved that later, I probably would have been like, that's way too long. It's not half as long as it needs to be. (laughs) But but no, so it's fun. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, having that moment at the end, because it feel it does kind of feel like, oh, that, oh, okay. Oh, that's not it completely. And then the tease is really nice. I'm going to, I almost don't want to talk about it any more than that, just because. Yeah. You know what? And like you said, it, it, you go, Ah, and the cycle repeats. Okay, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it it wraps up that story, kind of like wrap the wrapping on the on the box. Yeah, on the box, yeah, yeah. Don, this is a great one to lead with. I thought as well. Uh, I, I I really find so much amusement in it. Uh, there's some special effects work into it. Simple but effective stuff with the doll animating the face and such, which couldn't have been that easy. And it looks really good, too. Yeah. Um, so, again, another one that's highly produced. It, it doesn't have a whole lot to it, but what they do is effective. Is that, uh, was that one of the reasons you kind of led with it, Don, was because of the good natureness? Yeah. I uh, Like Doc said, I, I don't. And part of what I like to start with when I'm when I'm putting these things together and figuring out the order is I'm taking into account what people watched the night before Mm -hmm. um, for the kickoff. So the Beast was fairly serious and Friday the 13th was a slasher. So I wanted to start it out a little bit lighter. I did. I did consider starting it out, you know, with the um, one of the more. Mm -hmm one of the other ones but <laughs> i actually considered starting it out with one of the more surreal ones like mm. uh, like relax release like relax release yeah. or um parties over mm-hmm. um i did think about starting it out with something a little more surreal and weird yeah. um and then decided that well if we're going to have something that's going to smack of everybody's favorite doll slasher (laughs) we might as well start with this Mm -hmm. and i one of the things i liked about it was you could when the way they were doing her stop motion 
you could tell they were physically exhibiting the <laughs> amount of frazzled she was by her hair getting all yeah. wild. Yes. They really gave her that emotion. I loved it. Yeah, she didn't talk or anything. She just had expressions on her face, but she gets more frazzled as her attempts keep failing. <laughs> and yeah, I I thought they portrayed a lot of great character out of an inanimate object, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, in real life, it's an inanimate. So, yeah, I thought I thought they uh, executed that really, really well. So, uh, yeah, I and then we had our features. Which everybody seemed to love both features. Yeah. Um, I, I heard fe- very, very few uh, complaints in the people that I talked to who were, okay, Sheldon, who was, out- <laughs> <laughs> who was outside for, you know, taking a lot of breaks. And he was kind of overhearing and talking to people about the features. Uh, he said that pretty much everybody was really, really happy with both of them this year. Which is a surprise because usually there's one that's a little less liked than the other, but people really liked both. And yeah, they were both they very were... different from each other too. Mm-hmm. They're both solid. Um, you know, Fang. Uh, this is like my third time seeing it or fourth time. I don't. Know. Uh, I dig it. You know, uh, getting talked and know uh, Richard Bergen. Uh, the fact he got Lynn Lowry to do a phenomenal performance and Richard being a, a younger gentleman, I can say younger cause I'm an old fuck. Um, <laughs> okay. A younger gentleman uh, to put together a film like this plays into it a little. It's just very impressive for what he put together with Fang and then headmistress. Uh, I got to talk to those guys too, before the fest, I got to interview them. Uh, check it out here on the spoiler room. Um, <laughs> and that was fun as well because it's Wisco horror. Uh, but that one has an interesting story as well. And and you're right, Doc. They were both very different in approaches, in themes, everything, and both solidly made uh, yeah. for indie features. Because, yeah, some features, and we we saw a few submissions, we'll fully admit, some features you're just like good f good effort you know we only got so many films we can put in the fest and, and some of them were like okay that was a film <laughs> and honestly this year we had it was a hard choice because there were four films four mm-hmm. feature films that were really tight it was a really really hard choice this year yeah it was it was a tough choice with the the features um so but i i like the ones we picked as well uh both fang and and the headmistress uh yeah but you're right don i i think we it was a pretty solid fest we had some really solid picks from start to finish i think yep if anything in variety um there's been a few years to where it's been kind of tough because a lot of them are the same because just like in Halloween, just like in Hollywood, there's trends uh-huh. of films that are being made because it's kind of like the viral thing. It's literally like viral posting and such to where you get something that's really popular 
and other people want to capture that as well with their story. So they start making similar. It's like Grindhouse. When Grindhouse happened, when 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 uh, Rodriguez and Tarantino did Grindhouse, and hey, we're getting Thanksgiving. We're actually getting Thanksgiving as a movie. I love it, <laughs> Eli Roth. Thank you, sir. I can't wait to see that. But I digress. Um, a lot of indie filmmakers, a lot of them, because I was I was involved in a couple of fests at the time, were going for that Grindhouse look. But the story or their approach to it was a little too much. <laughs> you know, and there's people that will argue that that Grindhouse movie isn't actually Grindhouse because they made it with a huge budget. <laughs> Fair too. You know, uh, but I think we had a larger variety of submissions done, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. Um, and we didn't have a ton that were... Every year you get a few submissions that are more experimental mm -hmm. than horror or more <laughs> drama thriller than horror. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking of our first submission last year. <laughs> oh, dear. The, the, the Brussels sprout, what was it? Oh, God. No, that was 2020. <laughs> what? Oh. That was, was 2020. The that's Brussels right. that, sprout one was 2020. It was 2020. There was this animated oh, short. It wasn't that long at all. Something with Brussels sprouts. Um, I forgot what it was called exactly because I tried to break it from my mind. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it was the most surreal, what the fuck is going on animated film that I've seen. And if I'm saying what the fuck is going on here, right. you know. <laughs> Uh, I, I I I have not been able to look at a Brussels sprout since. <laughs> it's, it's so. Oh hmm. my god, that film was so disturbing in so many ways. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> now it's there. It's right there in my head. And now, and now it's, it's the legend of the Brussels I sprout. Back. I brought it back. The legend. <laughs> The legend of the Brussels sprout film. We we do have okay. one of our members. We do have one of our members in the audience, Lee. Hi, Lee. How are you? Hi, sir? Lee. Uh, and he mentioned greed and gore. Uh, and he's right. Greed and gore was an interesting one. I always love stories that involve criminals who end up going to a location and running into something that's worse than them. <laughs> uh or you know that it's that those i guess you could call them karma genre films to where pretty much everybody involved just about are bad people it's just bad people end up meeting worse people right <laughs> and, and i have a i have a soft spot for those types of films and that's what this is only these folks also bank robbers do a heist they ended up killing some people they end up taking a hostage they go to this remote place and while they're they run across a slasher <laughs> and, and we see how they battle it out while the hostage is just trying to survive. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff that I enjoy about this one, uh, especially the practical effects. Uh, what'd you think of greed and gore doc? 
I did enjoy that. Uh, I popped over and saw Lee commenting on on how the audience reacted to the one sequence where the With the, uh, the hatchet in the face and how part of the body just eases down. Yes, that was. I, I surprised that didn't leap to my mind. I actually did consider mentioning Green Gore, mm-hmm. and I went, "Now nah, that we as much as I liked it, the story is super basic. It, it in some degrees, it felt like a effects reel." Mm-hmm. with a hint of a story and and i'm not saying that as a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination because the story that they had was all the story they needed to tell this story right i really i really like i, I think you were out of the room at the moment because the there was a really one uh badass dude with a shaved head mm-hmm. and i wanted to turn to go is that a vashan is that butcher <laughs> or a mad dog's kid what's going on because he, yeah. he had that kind of vibe that tough guy because this is a canadian film he's you kind of always sound like this, you know. You know I'm not going to use a lot of words to tell you I'm going to kill you now. You know, it's kind of that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Don, what do you think of Greed and Gore? Um, I I too liked it because of the comeuppance theme in it. Um. I like that incidentally the hostage gets away mm-hmm. with all the cash. Yeah, and all you almost think they're gonna do something to where she does it, but she she does. Yeah. But she's scarred though, too. So yeah. Yeah. A little bit. You know, she she is oh. scarred a little bit. Uh <laughs> I, I just remembered the, the the ankle injury. I'm sorry. Oh god! Oh, oh my gosh! That was the other one that everybody just went. Oh, oh. yeah. It wasn't we, so we, bad, and then she stood up, and then uh-huh. she stands up, and her leg folds in half. I don't think I've had that reaction ever since I saw on live wrestling Sid Vicious uh, Sid Vicious's uh-huh. leg folding in half. The only yeah. thing holding his his the lower part of his foot on was his boot. Oh, it's just it. Yeah, oh, that's that's. Bleh. Yeah, yeah so seeing that here, and it is done as an effects reel. Oh. I think my only, and this is going to sound weird, I know, my only issue is that I wish it would have been done just a little bit quicker in pace. Okay. A, a little bit. That one didn't I, feel, I, I, feel like I'm it not sure, that much, but okay. I'm not sure what it was, but I, I there was something about it with, with the was just a little bit like just needed a little trimming for me i'm not sure what it was exactly but it just felt a little long was the um, slow-mo maybe sequence just did it linger a little too long for you maybe? it, it, it yeah. might have I, I think maybe i i at the end it does you know it's really good it's just i don't know i just something about it felt like it 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 just dropped a little bit in its overall energy or pacing in the middle Okay, and, and then and then it picks back up, uh, for me, uh, it, but that was the only thing. Otherwise, yeah, I I dug it quite a bit. The gore effects and everything, and and the fact that, uh, the you know the hostage, uh, who is smart actually, she she does things. She doesn't just sit there going ah right or whatever. She uses her head, which was also fun to see. So. So yeah, uh, I mean, we could go literally over every single one of these, but um, I think we will wrap it up uh, for the evening. Uh, thank you, Lee, for commenting and all the folks 
uh slf abides gee i wonder who that could be uh, <laughs> <laughs> any ideas doc who that might be she's not my lady friend she's my special lady friend that's christine <laughs> yeah it's a it's a it's an achiever reference clearly yes yes it is it is an achiever reference but so glad everyone could tune in on it uh do you have any honorable uh, mention that you just briefly want to to mention that we haven't already talked about don um let me take a quick peek here. Um, yeah. Well, maybe just Blacked Box. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I love that whole shtick. You know, and, and yet, mo okay, so the shtick is... The guy goes out and finds a gaming box and his girlfriend, wife, whoever the hell she is, is pissed off, spending money, being irresponsible, blah, blah, blah. And you see that as a stereotype and a trope all the time. And yet most of the women I know who are in relationship with gamers are right next to their gamer significant mm -hmm. others playing just as hardcore with them. That's yeah, <laughs> but I, I like it because it's a modern horror. Yeah, I like it because it's an actual. And I talk about it as much as I love the stuff that I grew up with. One of the things that I will say for sure uh, about horror is I like to see films, even if they aren't exactly hit with me, doing something modern. You, you know. I, you can show your influences, but so many for a number of years have just tried to be throwback films. And I'm like, horror, you forget, is not an old people's, no offense to anyone, an old people's <laughs> genre. It's it's not. Nope. It is it is a young demograph genre. The reason we love them is because we were young and grew up with these. Yep. So when you make these retro films, while they are entertaining, you are kind of leaving off your demograph of what the horror genres appealed to over the like you know late seventies, early eighties is the younger crowd. So whenever you see something like Black Box, to where it's more modern themed, it's everybody you know. It's something everybody can relate to now. Younger kids can relate to a video game box off of eBay. That's sketch, you know, <laughs> yep. yeah. you know, the, the whole, that whole secret thing. Yeah. I, I think, I think, yeah, that's a, a, a good choice and it's a modern horror film. So that's why I enjoyed seeing stuff like that. I want to see more stuff like that geared towards kids today. I can call them kids. Uh, because I have kids who are in their 20s, so I could call them kids. But, you know, because they deserve that. They don't need to see their dad's, mom's, auntie's, grandpa's horror film, you know? Yep. And so, yeah, Black Box is definitely more modern horror, I would say, for sure. Uh, and, yeah, Lee, Lee said he liked La Nueva as well. So, Doc, you got an honorable mention? Sure. Uh, we'll go with Secret Santa. <laughs> because 
boom, boom, it was boom. probably the only three-panel <laughs> gag film in the whole thing, which normally we get a couple of them. And I was just like, okay, good, that's the first one. And and I use the term three-panel gag because, like a newspaper strip, it's a short film where it has enough time to set up kind of the premise. It gives you an action moment, and then it gives you a punchline, and then you're out. And when it hits that quickly and it gives you just enough of everything you need to understand the joke it's just perfect yes and three, three minutes long yeah <laughs> and probably about half of that is you know, not quite half of that is credits yeah so really the the film is about a minute minute and a half probably but it's it's very concise it tells you exactly what you, it's 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 so broad so you get it immediately mm-hmm. and then it's done and you go and you're over and you're happy about it yeah. Doug, what about you and Secret Santa? Oh, yeah. I love that one. Uh, that one was one I wasn't 100% certain you were going to be able to get in the fest. Mm-hmm. Um, getting in touch with some of the filmmakers was more challenging. <laughs> uh, gotcha. But we did, and I'm glad. Yeah, me too. I, the crowd liked that one too. You know, it, it's always fun when you have one of these films you pick and you, you know, you get. S- s- speckled reactions sometimes but the whole audience kind of got it when they got the punchline at the end when you hit it it's like everybody in the audience pretty much chuckled at that one um and that's always fun it's always fun when you get that reaction so uh i I guess my my uh for a third uh choice um uh let's see whether we already mentioned greed and gore um I'm going to say it, and it's not just because I'm going to preface this by saying it's not just because Michael Viers made it, and he's been <laughs> on the show. And, and we talked to him. And... and we talked to him. I've known him for ages. This is not why I liked. I got to say, no soliciting was a lot of fun as well. Uh, it's It's well-crafted. It's fun. Again, another one that knows exactly how long it needs to be to get its its shtick going you get the idea thanks to the performances that you have it's not a whole lot of involved stuff in it some but not a huge amount and yeah i i i found it humorous (laughs) and then talking to him and finding out some more information about it just made it even that much more entertaining um which is why you should go to fests folks that's why you should go to fests and check out Q&As when you can, because you get some of those wonderful tidbits about the films. Uh, did you like No Soliciting, Don? You were probably, uh, this is like my, uh, oh, I, I've seen it a few times as well, but um, what do you feel about No Soliciting? My, I liked my, it. My favorite part was actually the, um, my favorite part was the uh, infomercial. I love yes. that. Yep. Love that whole shtick. The was, infomercial yeah. really solidifies that short i think quite a bit you know i'm glad they put it in there when we found out that they almost i'm glad that was in there (laughs) especially once you get to the point where you actually realize what the infomercial is doing right in your my instinctive reaction was probably a lot of worries of course it's one of those and then you get a little bit further in and the next one kicks in and you're like, wait, wh- huh? Wait, wait, what? Well, oh, that's what we're doing. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it, I liked how it played out and everything. And again, not just because Mike Fires made it. I, it's just, I would have enjoyed it even if I didn't know 
the person behind making it. So um, I, I just happened to know someone who was very talented enough to put a very entertaining short together. So, uh, and Lee said as well, no soliciting was great. The infomercial stuff at the end was cool. Yeah, they put the entire, they got clips of the infomercial throughout the film. And then at the end, they just played the whole reel. And it was great, uh, especially when you learn from uh, the Q&A what went behind that, which you'll be able to catch later on this week or next week or the next couple of weeks. We will have the Q&As from uh, both filmmakers, both Richard Bergen and Michael Virus, who showed up at the Sada City Fright Fest. And we're going to wrap it up, folks. We're going to wrap it up because uh, we could talk all night probably about these films. Uh, and it's it's one of those where it's because of fests like this that I've grown to love this type of film uh, and so much spawned from just one fest. And you've heard it me say it before, and I will say it every time I talk about fests, so much from that first Oshkosh Horror Fest. Would you not agree, Don? Oh, absolutely. Doc, absolutely. Would you, would you not agree? So much spawned from that first horror fest. I'm to some degree I'm in the position that I'm in currently because of that fest, and I uh, will tell Pat of that every time I see him because that's it, part of why he's the best. John, John Pata bringing a horror fest like that to the middle of Wisconsin, a place you would have never really figured there was going to be such a thing like this, spawned so much that yeah, I will ever be grateful for Mr. John Pata, who, by the way, folks, shameless plug. He's got a new film now on the festival circuit called Black Mold, which unfortunately couldn't show at our fest, but keep an eye out for it. Look for the trailer. It is called Black Mold, directed by John Pata. Watch that trailer and prepare for when it actually gets distribution eventually after it makes its festival run, because there's no doubt it's going to get distribution. I, I have no doubt that will happen, and I am excited to eventually see it. Um, and yeah, it's always fun to see what indie films can produce because uh, I'm not a hater of Hollywood by any means, but you want to see everybody got their start in indie, especially indie horror. So don't poo poo it just because it's independent. Okay. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Uh, so there you have it folks. Thank you so much for listening to us ramble about the best of the fest. And hopefully maybe uh, this will get you excited to come out to a film festival, whether locally by you or come to Wisconsin and uh, see a horror fest. Uh, yeah, I hope that what your whistle of sorts as well. So now I give my crew, as always, the license to shill. So Don, what do you got to shill? Well, if you're not quite done with horror, there's a little craft winery in Stevens Point called the Sunset Point Winery. And on Halloween day, we're going to have a little public domain horror film marathon. So there's going to be tons of fun films, uh, all public domain, the original. Um, oh, my God. Little Shop of Horrors. Um, uh, Spider Baby, uh, oh. and so many more. Spider Baby's fun. I it will be. It'll ever. be going from noon until seven thirty at this little craft winery in Stevens Point, Sunset Point Winery. Sawdust City is providing. Sawdust City Fright Fest is providing the popcorn. So Indeed. come on out, get some good wine, 
enjoy a little bit of horror. Fantastic. Yes, now I just have to figure out how we're going to show those. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I know how to do one. I'm not sure about the dual TVs, but we'll talk later. Uh, and yeah, Lee just said that a bunch of film festival screenings of Black Mold just came out today. So look for that. Just search in Google Black Mold, John Pata, and uh, get those listings. And Doctavius, I know you got some stuff to shill, so license the shill away. kind of wish I was going to be at the winery right now. <laughs> but yes as i semi alluded to mentioned earlier uh, even though the shakespearean season for boozy bar productions is complete for this year we are gluttons for punishment and not only are we doing the the normal christmas show once we get to december but we've got another show at the end of this very month october so october monday october 30th Tuesday, October 31st, which is a, apparently a day people call Halloween. And November 1st, we will be at Best Place, 9th and Juneau in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Historic Path Brewery. And we're going to put on the uh, version of the public domain film, he says rather loudly, House <laughs> on Haunted Hill, because there's two movies with that title. I'm being very specific for, re for that reason. So yes, we are going to try and do the Vincent Price-led House on Haunted Hill with Emerjo as a stage play. And it'll work. It'll be great. <laughs> it's going to be the best. We've got plans. We've got sound effects. It's going to be super cool. I am excited and very just only slightly afraid. Uh, but mostly very excited because it's 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 that you know, I, I just love some of the dialogue in that movie. I love just some of the interactions. And just it kind of wraps itself up on a dime. So if you've got the opportunity to come visit us, whether you're in Milwaukee or nearby, uh, doors open at 7. And the show starts around 7.30. Admission's $10 if you wear a Halloween costume. Or you can explain to the person working the door that night why it's your Halloween costume. Then you can get in for $5. All I'm asking is that you entertain that person at the door. Uh, you probably provide us a little entertainment. You get in a little cheaper. It's not that complicated. Um, <laughs> I will also briefly mention, as briefly as I can, because that's not my forte, uh, another thing that's happening around that same time frame, uh, October 27th through November 5th, they're just passing by on that Monday, the October 30th, at the Broadway Theater Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 158 North Broadway, in association with the Milwaukee Opera Theater, if you want some fancy horror, uh, it's going to be Night of the Living Opera, which if, you, if, if your first instinct is to think, I thought he was going to say dead. Yes, it's Night of the Living Dead as an opera. There's going to be singing. There's going to be spooky, gigantic zombie puppets, some shadow puppetry. Uh, I got to go to like a... a sing through almost like a read through but they sang the whole thing as a test last year and it was it actually got very creepy at a couple of moments i had tingles up and down the spine for a story that i know very well it was very exciting it's the milwaukee opera theater with our friends angry young men ltd that uh, we worked through the fringe show we did this year who are known for doing night of the living dead the puppet show for over a decade but this year they're doing an opera because <laughs> yes the guy who wrote it is one of the angry young men guys because his wife is a renowned opera singer oh well there and you go it, nice cool as heck and yes and uh it's so it's it's 
mostly the original that you know with a little dash of this and a little dash of that in there um just to confuse me where I'll, i'm sitting in the seat going that's 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 not what happens now like what just what josh yeah so <laughs> that, so yes a little 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 dash 1990 in there if you will nice nice so check that out folks both of those wonderful things if you're in a wisco area and also if you're at all bored or interested specialmarkproductions.com for all your movie man needs where you can catch uh past episodes of the spoiler room you can catch the tiktoks i haven't posted anything in a little while because i was busy focusing on the fest and just focusing on my thoughts but now uh we'll be back in swing so we'll be having uh some reviews i got an interview with the mother daughter team who made this wonderful interesting uh psychological horror film called uncanny it's got some paranormal elements to it uh got to interview them uh, just did that earlier tonight wonderful conversation with those uh two fine talented folks uh they wrote it they both acted in front of it the daughter directed it um yeah uh, the uh, mom and her executive produced it so yeah a lot of interesting cool stuff in the interview so happy i got an opportunity to talk to them and of course the other filmmakers as well so as you know i love to talk what ah, no not mark and so that i think we'll just close by saying go to sodacityfrightfest.com uh to check out the details and if you are an indie filmmaker and just happen to be listening to this keep an eye out to film freeway uh early 2024 uh, when submissions open again and maybe your film will make it to the fest and make it onto this show next year so thank you all and now We'll just say a good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. everyone. Good night. Hey, everyone. Looking for more Spoiler Room goodness? Then head on over to patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to even more wonderful podcast content. Hear the conversation that happens before the live broadcast. You can also get access to an exclusive VIP episode that you vote on that's especially for you, or get early access to all our videos on YouTube, plus more. So check it out there, folks. And the more you do there, the more we can do here. And remember, with the Spoiler Room, the conversation is fresh, uh, but we do spoil the movies. <laughs>